Welcome to the Two Marketeers podcast, where marketing swashbucklers, Sean and Lindsay, seek to demystify the fascinating world of modern marketing. Each episode takes listeners on a storytelling adventure that informs, entertains, and inspires marketing enthusiasts of all kinds. And now, here are your hosts, the two marketeers themselves, Sean Patrick and Lindsay Wow! Yeah! Woo! Take the stick! Hello. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Good it's morning, morning here. Sean. It's morning Branding here, Lindsay. Wise guy. Hi, Lindsay Rockstar. Hi. Lindsay B. Lindsay B. Rockstar. It's morning here in comparison to where? Well, are you? Is it morning where you are? Because we're so far apart. You live down the street. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long street. It's a twenty-five okay. minute street, but whatever. All right. Oh, you fine. mean because our clients were in the UK today? So that's it's right. We just came off a hour and a half killer presentation. Whether they liked it or not is that really not. We important. liked it. We liked it, and they're gonna have to pay us for it. <laughs> yeah. In a Euros. lot of times, you don't find strategy people who love presentations as much as we do. I don't think it's like well, our moment. I know this is why we have this is our marketeer opportunity with this podcast because. <laughs> No one will sit in a room and listen to us. <laughs> you want us? We're to... two data-driven, geeky strategists, but we also like our moment of flair, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll put on a little show. Boom, boom. Yeah, fun morning already. Yeah, like we, guys, we, we just came get off to have an... a nap by eleven, right? We got we just got off an hour and a half UK call, uh, which was the culmination of about two weeks' work, which is a lot of fun. Far more than what they deserved, but I like them, so I shouldn't say they didn't deserve it. Far valued, far below, but I, it was so worth it because that's we, the problem with us is we just like this too much. So we're like, okay, I was sleeping last night, but then I got up at one because I found this article, and then I needed to read it and send it to you. And even though this project's over, I just need you to know <laughs> where this point of view is coming from. And I think the next time we get to do this identical project, which will be never, it won't we be can any use smaller. This data point, and it's really going to help solidify our strategy. And now I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. As long as you you do that, you've always done that, have you not? We used to talk when we used yeah, to work together at that off. agency. Yeah, you would talk sense. about getting up in the morning and then writing something down, and you know, and I'd be like, that at that time I could relate because I had brutal insomnia from stress or something. But now I'm like, can't relate. That's me now. Oh, How your brutal the tides stress. Have turned. Yes. Well, you are a parent. I'm, okay. I'm ignoring it. it. Wasn't so much work. I think it was the fact that I had three young children, who were driving me batty. <laughs> it's episode four, and. We're so glad you're here. I'd love to introduce my lovely and talented rockstar co-host, marketeer, Lindsay B. Wah. Thanks, Sean. And as you know, what we just talked about, um, you're speaking with Sean Patrick, branding wise guy. Boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. And we are the two marketeers. Yes, I'm number we are. one. We talked about that. I'm number one and you're number two. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it. I've gotten okay. over it. Yeah? Okay. Good. Today we're going to talk about um, what we what they call uh, marketing maturity and specifically digital marketing maturity. But the idea is to make sure brands are ready for 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 coming back to market when things, if they ever settle back post COVID. Correct? Is that a good way to 
summarize it, Linda? Yeah, but I think it's also so that like to assessing digital maturity, I think a lot of what um, we both read this article from Think with Google that is called How Does Your Brand's Digital Maturity Measure Up? Six Areas to Focus Your Marketing Efforts on First. And so really, I think what they were trying to highlight as well in the beginning of this is that even before COVID, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of marketers were still in this like crisis response mode because um, you've been trying to figure out the best way to execute digital for what, 10 years, (laughs) you know, and still haven't like cracked the code around transforming the entire organization to do it well. COVID has obviously amplified all of that because consumers and shoppers have now increased their digital habits because they've been forced to, but really like taking the step back to say, okay, crisis aside, yes, there's crisis mode, but crisis aside, let's figure out what level of maturity our business is at from a digital perspective, because now we have no choice but to change. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, it's that tension you and I talk about, right? Um, It's about validating, oh, my beautiful wife just brought me a coffee, a she Starbucks did? coffee. Yeah, uh, she's the best. My wife is Simone, and she's she, awesome and talented and brilliant. Here? No, I have. You had won't a let Starbucks her. You won't let her. Everyone knows. Well, not everyone, not you people, but you will know now how much people. I love. <laughs> I love Starbucks coffee. I haven't had a Starbucks since March. Oh my gosh! This is your second cry in one episode. You're crying, aren't you? Yeah. You seriously haven't? Can I, I bring you one? I haven't had any takeout coffee. Can I bring also, you one? Jimmy's, if, if for anyone who's actually in Toronto, you know Jimmy's coffee. Jimmy's coffee is my favorite, and it's like down the street from my. It's house. also they your. Opened one. It's your office. Yeah, it's your office. It was. It's also your office. my office because I'm a freelance consultant, so I live there. But um, I haven't had a Jimmy's coffee since March. I haven't gone to any coffee shop. I still Man, am one of those people. You're crazy. I'm so well, much this is the thing you. about habits. So this is talking about too your digital maturity and habits changing and like being in response to consumers and shoppers. I now feel like I don't need takeout coffee. Like I've been drinking yeah. my and I make a really good, if I do say so myself, Americano at home. So we have like our nice espresso machine because coffee is one of the only things I really care about in life. And um, now I'm just like my habits are forever changed. Yeah. When will that come back? Well, I went a long time without it. Um, Same thing, daily. And I would go after the gym. But I stopped going to the gym during COVID. But now I'm going back. So yes, I... Are you going to the gym? I'm going to the gym. Wow. Yeah. This is what people are going to be evaluating. Like, what are the things that I used to do that are like critical for me even just for my happiness to pick back up yeah what am i going to choose yeah i've let 50 things go what are the five that make it back in and what are the 45 that don't yeah and and it's a good feel to me it's a good feeling like you feel like wow i had all these challenges i completely shut down and now i can consciously choose like you're doing up to say you're not going to run into jimmy's but at least you know you have the option and go okay well do i want to do this like do i do i to me, coffee and the Starbucks coffee was my daily reward to myself for my workout. Yeah. So that it, it they were it was just for me. It was just really around the the whole um, ritual was something that you know what I did miss my morning outing 
something I do and that's a great way to close off my time for me so I don't hate working out I love working out because I love the whole ritual of going to the gym you know peace and peacefully just doing my stuff whatever I choose to do and then rewarding myself and closing it off with a cup of coffee that then I start working and it's just it's my new routine it sounds so calm and lovely over there it is it is yeah it really so is. So the 30-something can relate to this as well. My life is a shit show in comparison. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I so hear you. I'm, like, eating a frozen breakfast burrito while squeezing in a 20-minute power yoga on the Peloton app at 6 in the morning and cleaning the paint out of my hair in the shower as I just painted my whole house last night and then got on a call at eight in the morning this morning to present to the UK with Sean, one of our latest clients. <laughs> and I'm just like, what am I doing? What am I doing? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's happening? You almost sound like a, you almost sound like that, that you're, you're the commercial, right? Like too good yeah, to be true. Like the stressed out mom. Yeah. But, but pulling <laughs> it off. Plus I saw you on the other call. Your hair looks great today. So don't don't ignore that part. So this is my Starbucks. I, there you the go. One thing, and this is what I'll say. This is what I would like to put a challenge out to brands and to marketers right now as we dive into this topic of digital maturity. How are you going to be the one that gets to be chosen to be put back into the habits that you're going, wow. people are going to pick back up? Because that's excellent. the hair salon is my coffee so i have gone to get my hair done three times since june so i'm like getting back in there and that's my one thing i don't go grocery shopping we do a lot of our grocery shopping online i don't go to physical stores to get back to school supplies or anything i the only thing i do is go and get my hair done so how as a brand or a company are you going to be so highly prioritized by providing value to people that as they reintegrate back into society that of the 50 things that they ditched you're going to be one of the five things that they pull back into their lives yeah i think it's a brilliant question so but that challenge is like let's let's go back into it because it's i love that that's what you distilled from it is you know how are you going to be that decision and it won't be based on a promotion it will be based on an action will it not yeah i think it's going to be based on do you know what i mean it's like not it's, even it, a need like these things are not needs so it's going to be based on like desire and connection to the company or brand so as much as like and what i really what i miss and what i prioritize for myself to make me feel like human and like I'm still getting those positive moments in my life, even when sometimes things feel like they're falling apart. I think that's the thing in culture and with people that we need to analyze right now to say, how are people feeling now? And what are those things that they feel they can't do without? And how do I create some sort of connection with my brand that helps me be chosen? In various, this is the real challenge and where it's strategy versus tactical is how do you know how to position your brand in a way that it can be there in multiple moments, right? The whole idea of multi-moment, it's tough. It's like everything now is moment-based, right? I mean, Google said it, what, four or five years ago. It's about micro moments. Sure, but it's about 
like we said this before, Lindsay, it's about how can you show your brand cares? And it's about the more and more you can understand about your customer, not because the more you get, the more you can sell, the more you can understand and get the data, the more you can sell. And it's just, it's just what the industry has become. That's been shaken up because now it's going to be, no, you have all that data. Uh, brands are frustrated because that data is not telling them where to spend their money. And it's because they're, they're spending their money in a channel that has just pretty much shut down. Right. <laughs> not a, or a moat. You know what I mean? The whole promotion thing is the only way a promotion will work is if you're promoting an action. Whether you're promoting an action that you're facilitating for the customer or you're promoting an action that reflects how much you care about the customer or peop- or what the customer cares about. So that all that money on on technology to to collect data is finally going to be is is finally going to be put in a position to do good or do good just to say it's not about benevolence it's about show you care and that's what marketing is right show me that that I should care to the customer and then once the customer is yours now you have to con- continually regularly and appropriately show me in little ways how you care right or what you care about right yeah yeah i feel and like i, I got that like- from you I think it was from the last episode. Like you Maybe. said that, right? You have to care. Yeah, exactly. And in this article, so in this Think with Google article that we um, both read in our kind of um, discussing is like, they talk about focusing um, for the most part has been on these like short-term and long-term gaps in your positioning and your long-term strategy. And so I feel like COVID has obviously amplified the gaps like you really, really notice if you're behind in digital, for instance, um, which which that, I see as a benefit, right? It, it's I a see, gift. It's yeah, it's a gift if you can see it that way, for yeah, sure. I totally. Think a lot of, like a lot of brands or a lot of companies were like, I just didn't want to take my head out of the sand. <laughs> totally know? right. I wanted yeah. to just keep having a mediocre e-com experience because that's what I could handle and being able to revolutionize the company to make a better experience was just something that we just couldn't take on. Like that's what you would have told yourselves. That's that agency you worked for, right? The tagline was we, we deliver mediocre experiences. Is that, that didn't do well, did it? No, it flops every damn time. (laughs) Keep going. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not now enough. It's like saying, like, regardless of the changes of COVID, how do you anticipate what's going to happen down the road um, and put a longer term strategy into play? And that's around this notion of assessing digital maturity. So depending on where you are and the digital kind of scale of engaging customers and where your business is at, how do you get a little bit further along in the maturity scale to make sure that you can... Um, engage people long term and be more prepared preparedness you talk about this Sean readiness to be able to um, move through these times because that's what this yeah go ahead sorry yeah no I was just going to say in some of the the articles that you've written in the um, webinars and things like that around readiness like what do you think about that yeah, it all comes back to agility, right? Like it comes back to the metaphor I use is fitness. So it's like the whole idea is I love this approach to digital maturity. Taking a stab, Google putting it out there to say this is what you're trying to measure and that is essentially um, a measure of your agility, 
like your strength, your agility, right. uh, so that you won't hurt yourself. Like it's the whole point of I love the metaphor; it works so well. But to say if you if you train to be strong, or if you train to be uh, you know muscle, if you train, but a lot of times for for high performance athletes, it's about they train to be agile and not agile just in their performance, but agile so that they don't get hurt. Like that's me now with the, not that I'm an athlete, but when I go to the gym, I no longer do exercises that could potentially hurt me or have hurt me in the past. Hey, so Nike that, says if you have a body, you're an athlete. Aw, thanks, Nike. I know, isn't that a nice little hug from Nike? Yeah. But the idea is to say, you know, how fit are you? My whole thing is, is your brand fit? And I love that this article talks about digital maturity is almost your BMI. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's it's this. Because if you're here today to build muscle and look good on the beach, great. But if you're here today so that you don't drop out of training or can't perform your what you love in fitness, that's agility. And that's a, it's a perfect metaphor to this whole idea of um, agile approach to business. And it, it, it just applies to everything is how are you going to be fit? You need to look at all the gaps and you need to understand what you need to do to close those gaps, not at like a tactical, like possibly tactical, but so that when the next COVID happens, know what, know how you're positioned and how you work with that versus, oh my God, the world just blew up. Yeah. So it's it's uh, that digital maturity, and that, I think that speaks to a lot of your expertise. What they talk about is just about think of is your brand fit? Can your brand weather the challenges it must weather, even when you don't know what those potential challenges will be? Right. And in the article, so they they talk about um, the measurement of digital maturity and how it comes down to these six key areas. So should I just read out these key areas quickly? Yeah. So the first is they say organization. So digital maturity starts with the organization and requires a cross-functional approach with collaboration and buy-in across teams. It's not just from the bottom up. It has to be from the CEO down. Therein lies the big problem, right? I mean, once I get through the six of these, that's the, the biggest one for me. I feel like we can stop there. Okay. Do you want to stop the now? Up, <laughs> let's whip through the other five. Okay. So the second, and this is, so this one to me feeds the first one. So attribution, digital tracking and tagging tools allows teams to accurately measure and value customer touch points. These insights then fuel strategies that allow marketers to make data-driven campaign decisions. The third is assets and ads, so data and insights that are creating relevant, attention-driving, intuitive experiences across touch points. The fourth is audience. With all of these insights from digital campaigns and platforms, digitally mature companies are able to draw on first and third-party data to gain understanding of the audience segment and their needs through the funnel. The fifth is access, so um, being able to access the right audiences across all inventories and channels with the right levels of control. And then the last is automation. Um, so for me, the f- like I said, organization is the <clears throat> most critical point of assessing and moving forward digital maturity. But the second part, which is attribution for me, is what would be what feeds the motivation inside the organization. So when they say digital tracking and tagging tools that allow teams to accurately measure value of the customer touch points, A, attribution 
you know, unless you're paying for expensive attribution modeling services. And even that, it's very hard to um, determine the actual attribution of, say, one specific social post and how that is contributing to your overall ROI. Um, you can do it, and you should definitely be looking into how you figure out the value of each of your ads and assets. But when you can determine the value and accurately measure it, that is what's going to fuel the organization towards change. So if you're trying to get a CEO on board with digital maturity and transformation, you need to be able to show the proof, which would come from things like attribution modeling. Yeah, I, I think we can finally say, God, how long have we have been having this? I mean, it continues to move on. I don't want to come off sounding like, oh, I knew this all along. But I, I, I realized that there's this there's this cohort or not a cohort but a grouping of people that have been in digital so long you me included is it's just the same story but it finally reaches a notch up and a notch up um what i realize is is for someone like you Lindsay, is you're surrounded by all these kind of thinkers is you don't realize you're like what people still don't understand the value of digital and it's like no the money's going there but they're spending their money in the wrong place it, it's amazing to me how the logic is not there yet and i think you said it it starts at the top mm -hmm. i think it's finally going to be a time where um the, the 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 kerosene lamp holding uh walkers like me but the people of my court it's time to move on because what what starts to happen is they, they they it becomes apparent that they're fighting something when it just makes more and more sense, and then the other thing is a smart company would make the decision saying, look, we don't pay you to fight what has to happen, so I almost think hopefully there's like a progression of a new leadership, but you know what I mean, yeah, like just from a age, leadership that would yeah a that that's also. experienced it. You know what I mean? That, that, that digital is native to them. And, and, you know, you're a perfect example of like, yeah, I had to kind of, we, I was doing digital before people knew it. Even I knew what digital was. So it's, it's the idea of what will balance it out in the end is it's a little bit of both, right? Getting that senior leadership to see, because at that point, senior leadership looks at kind of two things that are the same and that's revenue and sales. And now that's, cannot be the measure of the ultimate measure of success. And I'm sure a lot of people would argue with me, but it's it's a result of the right acts. But now every big company talks about impacting sales. It's direct, right? I need direct impact to sales because they have no other way of of measuring it. But there are, you're just not willing to change anything. Right. Right? If the, if the single measure of success truly for a lot of organizations who say they want my marketing expertise is to say, but uh, you want to spend a little bit on marketing and you're telling me the sales that need to happen from it? There's no way, right? You got 25 grand, you need to make 2 million in sales next year that you're not making right now? You know, you find the answer to that and I will sit next to you at the roulette table. Like, so it, it's just that idea of like, it's not direct. Sales is not a direct input, output right? Of so many valuable ways to engage and grow that loyalty and spend less or more focused dollars to drive that value. Like that's why I think the world of promotion is definitely on its way out. Right. Is that big? Is that scary? But it's true. 
Like I was there when promotion started to become a thing because you had all these agencies, but then you had these promotional companies that could do it for a lot less because detached from the promotion was the strategy. So it was like, why am I paying all this dollars? And it comes to that procurement kind of world is how do I get it better, faster, cheaper? You go to, and that's what promotion agencies were. And then what's happened is then those promos agencies became sort of, you know, that whole above the line, below the line. But it's just this wave of uh, no one is telling anyone to spend their money on promotion right now, except for a promotion vendor. Would you agree? Yeah. And it's, I think it's like, I think it's two things because it's short term versus long term results. And it's what does value actually mean? So yeah, a lot of things that people are identifying and evaluating right now is like the value exchange between a brand and a shopper, for instance. And if you put your philosophy and investment into long-term brand building and value, for instance, might be things like um, educational content and actual mm-hmm. um, engagement and, and, and that type of thing that's longer-term brand building, you're not going to see those results for a year or two years or five years, but eventually you'll be the brand that people will not put down in the time of a crisis, for instance. Yeah. Um, versus something like our... Can you come a bit closer to the microphone? You're getting echoey. Yeah, like That's our... Um, versus the thinking of like our value exchange with our customers is like, a free cosmetics bag with purchase. Like that's some, that's an example of a short-term promotional strategy that's going to help lift your sales in one quarter so you can prove that your activation at retail, for instance, worked. Yeah, all I you're mean, doing it, is proving the activation. You're not proving anything yeah, beyond that. Yeah, exactly. So you could do I mean, more and more to activations. Give away, yeah, it worked to give away more um, cosmetic bags for free and to drive short-term product sales. But I would question in six months to a year to two years from now, if that type of building of the brand is what's going to make true loyal fans of your of your brand. And I would say probably not. So you need to when thinking about things like digital maturity, it's like as we're moving forward with identifying audiences and the right assets and ads and things to be delivering, it's got to be things that provide actual value for you to experience long-term brand success. Yeah. It's, it's the idea of stop thinking of value as dollars in pocket on both sides, right? In three months. Yeah. It, it will be dollars. It will be dollars like in six months, in a year, in two years, you have to be willing to go through yes. the process. And I think it's, you know, I, I came up with this sort of comparison and metaphor last week when I was working on this project. And, and it's like, if it's a spend, it's tactical. And if it's an investment, it's strategic. So even where I was approached by a client that said, we have, they were ready to spend money. Even, you know, some might say invest, but they're not. We're, we're ready to spend money on a website. It's time. And I just said, well, I'd rather charge you for my strategy so that you can make sure your spend is at least an investment. And that's kind of like, and it just allowed me to kind of say, what's the difference? And I could say sales versus marketing. But you know what? Sales is very strategic. So what I what I try and do is to say you can be very strategic about sales and it's very important, but a strategic sales measures completely different than tactical sales. So like not to not to polarize the two, they both mean the same thing. They just go about it a different way and a different way of measure. But um, it's that idea of 
strategy versus tactical. One's not right, one's not wrong, but tactical tactical will only get you through the next three, six months and prove that six months ago you made the right decision. That doesn't work anymore, right? right? And that's kind of the issue with the client that we had. We're like, we can't, we can no longer depend on historical data over year over year anymore when sh- when shit like this just happened, when all the things that have happened in 2020 and continue to happen. You need to look at the money. You're going to need to spend your money differently. But what happens when we all spend our money wrong and then the economy does or, you know, an external force happens like what we happen, like what happened, it's like you're back to your Starbucks story. It's like that was just spending money. Yeah. So I have to stop spending and focus on what I'm willing to invest. And I think it's that clear line to say it's now a great opportunity to look at the digital maturity, like based on the article, to really understand what the right investment is. Stop spending. And a lot of them stopped spending because they didn't have the choice. How many companies will be like Lindsay and say, I don't think I need to spend here anymore. For six months, I couldn't. Now I kind of feel like I don't need it. Everyone's sitting there waiting. What's going to happen? And I think one of the biggest, obviously, like everyone thinks this because it's completely true. One of the biggest businesses that is going to be impacted by the rethinking of where I actually need to spend my money is the event business. And I was recently living talking, it. Yeah, I was recently talking about this with someone the other day of the impact on the event business and now event companies, especially trying to help their um, clients to think differently. And we did a lot of this for years and years, thinking about the content and digital and social approach and um, complement to events and what that can mean. And recently you and I collaborated on a plan for a company that was doing that back at the end of last year thinking about their retail investment and how to deliver greater results from what would have been had they just thrown a bunch of money at an event that um, they weren't sure the return of. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think, where we've been thinking that way for about 10 years and helping companies to evaluate the value of events and what you can get from it and what you can do with it and digital experiences and how that works. Um, But I think that's going to be one of the major ones where if you're thinking of reintegrating five things back into your plan. How do they fit together before you make those decisions? How does it fit together? And is an event the thing that has to come back in? And if it does, is it at the same scale? Should it be done differently? Should part of it be digital? Should what can we do with the content after? How can I extend this into an eight month campaign or program? Like all of that type of thinking, I think is something that you and I get really excited about because now people have to think about it. Yeah. For a lot of brands and companies, they have to start thinking that way for the first time now. We started thinking that way for the first time 10 years ago and have continued to evolve that actually I see an opportunity that I'm part of this just because of being an expert in one particular area. There's a huge opportunity to kind of step back and say, instead of trying to keep pushing and driving because I'm old and tired, um, why don't I take a step back and kind of say, oh my God, there's people 10 years behind us. How can I help bring, how can I help accelerate them? And what I'll say is this, you and I, we love our tiers. We always try and find the highest value. You know, what, what we call value creation is it's the low value. The promo of the world of marketing will be the hardest hit because it's the lowest value exchange. It's cheap, it's scale, but it's cheap with little return, but that's going to shake up. And then there's going to be those who say, you know what, we've done this long enough. We don't even need to prove ourselves on what the right way to do it is. Either you buy our thinking or you don't. And that's where value truly comes in, right? High margin, expertise, 
been ahead of the game for so many years. And I think that's just going to happen with everything. I do believe the world of promo is blown up. Yeah. They're getting hit the hardest because at the lowest end of the feeding chain, they're the ones where all the work stopped. Right. And hey, my wife and I do some kind of promo based work just because we're creative. We're also creative hires. Um, But I'll see a lot of the stuff that she's doing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I forget. In the world of promo, they just need to justify the client spend and get the client to continue spending. It's project-based. So I'm sorry I blew up the promo world, but this isn't about agencies. This is about clients. This is about manufacturer manufacturer brands. This is about retailers. And to say, you know, if you're somewhere in the middle of that, this is your opportunity to say if, if sales is your only goal, when those sales stop, you better be ready to be done. Yeah. I mean, it's basic logic. Is it not? (laughs) It is. So to, yeah, to take it back to this thing with Google articles. So they have um, a pretty cool assessment tool in here. It's called Google's Digital Maturity Benchmark Tool Mm -hmm. that has a series of 50 specific questions to analyze where you are in this maturity scale. I started to do this quiz. Yeah. It's very cool. Did you start to do this? No. Are you playing around with this? No. No. It's, uh, they're asking very good questions. It's 50 questions, so it's an investment even to go through this type of survey. So very cool tool if you're trying to figure out exactly where you are um, on this digital maturity scale. But, Sean, if we were to like take anything away from our point of view on maturity and how brands can start to either assess it or what they should do now if they realize there's a gap in where they should be digitally versus where they are. What's some great places to start or what's a couple of things we can take away? Um, I think the main thing, use? yeah, and the main thing, maybe I've been in the trenches for the last week or so working on this client, which is, you know, on the manufacturer retail side, but kind of an, an aha moment for me was the first thing you need to do is take the pressure off sales being so important an indicator of success strategically. Like I know people will be like, oh, without sales, I have nothing is to say. Yeah, I know, but that that's front lines. That's like, it'll continue to be tactical is look at your spend and look at op- optimizing your spends in areas that of course ultimately contribute to sales, but not directly. Because yeah. My belief is that the selling of promotional, the selling of marketing as we know it, is is the hardest hit. And it the behaviors, they're not going to Starbucks anymore. Right? Like I love your metaphors, the hair. Your they're happy gonna be very hour selective. Isn't gonna be the big thing that brings all the people back. Yeah. It's that value exchange. I go there because it's not just the haircuts you get, right? And you make an investment in it. It's about the people and how, you know, the relationship with a hairdresser between a woman or man and their hairdresser, I can't relate, is so deep. So the high value, therefore, if you value it highly, how much are you, the brand, willing to invest? And sales isn't an investment. It's a spend unless it's strategic sales. Stop spending and start investing. How's that? Is that a good summary? Yeah, I think it is. I think it would be like, are you saying to, I mean, even practically, of course, people still have to have short-term sales a little go out of business, but practically speaking, separating in your mind and in your business, the amount of effort and spend that you're going to put towards short-term sales and then make a decision to determine to do something about long-term sales. Yeah, just pause. Yeah, long-term sales would be the pause and we need to rethink the value that we're providing as a company and 
get buy-in from, as I say in this article, CEO level down to say, we're going to think different about long-term sales strategy, which is a strategic exercise and vision. Booyah. Booyah. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you. That was so great. Thank you. Really good stuff and hope that people can take away a good message from there and start to think about it differently. Hope so. Yes. Back to our original question. How are you going to be one of the five things that's chosen to be put back into people's lives? <gasps> you're not talking you're not talking directly to me, are you? Cuz I can't answer that. Just kidding. Awesome. Good close. Everybody have a great week. Hang in there. School's back. Woo. COVID, COVID, what's next? Don't know. You know what is next for your business? Thanks, Sean. Have a great week. You too. Bye. Okay, chat soon. Bye. That's it for this episode, my fellow marketeers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, subscribe to this podcast at the marketeers.ca. That's the marketeers.ca. Spell it out. Be sure to tune in for more marketing adventures every month from us, the Two Marketeers. But you can just call us Sean and Lindsay. Actually, I, I would prefer Wise Guy. Yeah, I, I know you would. We're not we're not doing that.